Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. This is Justin Monorail, and joining me are two of my monorail co-pilots. To my right is... Jake Nugget. Or also known as... McNugget. Okay. And across from me is... Samantha Monorail. Samantha Monorail, a real name for once. Thank goodness. Yeah, all of us use our real names. Anyway... This is our Christmas episode. Today is Christmas Eve, so Merry, Merry Christmas or Happy Festivus happy for the rest of us. Festivus was yesterday, right? Oh, I don't know. I think Festivus was like the day before Christmas Eve. Why? I oh, I guess true. I need to watch Seinfeld to remember. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, Happy Festivus. Is that what you say? Happy and, Festivus. And if you happy don't holidays. celebrate Christmas, Happy uh, Holidays, yes. Happy Holidays. Happy yeah. Holiday. It is December the 24th, and this is episode number 36 of the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. Wrapping up the year, just a couple episodes left. Today, we're going to have kind of a a regular show. Next week's going to be a little bit different because we're going to do something for the new year. But uh, this week, we're going to kick it off with some news from around the Walt Disney World Resort. We'll have an M34D, and then we're going to wrap up the show with a special segment where we're going to make Christmas wishes, but not just any Christmas wishes, Disney Christmas wishes for the new year. And this is our 36th episode, and this is my last episode being 36. That's true. (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah, we recorded out of order, and while we were recording episode 37, we were like, wait a minute, while we're recording episode 37, you are a 37, which is kind of weird. It's like, uh, I, I feel like that's the episode where, like, I don't know, it's just going to take off. You're yeah. going gonna to become, like, an internet, internet sensation. Old. No, I mean, like, everything's just coming together. Click, 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 my click. My hip hurts and my back. That's not what I mean. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so let's get into it. I've got some news to go over with you guys. I'm sure you didn't take the time to read my notes page that I made for you, so I'll review it with you. I don't even know how to find that. You do, too. It's our shared document on the Google Drive. I never check my Google Drive. I know. I have a hard eye roll going right now. <laughs> I'm just saying, some people like to be prepared before they record a podcast. I don't well, know. I didn't That's know a you weird sh- concept, you I guess. notes with me on Google Doc. You never told me. Of course. And some people have homework this and other homework. things going on. This is important homework for you to do. I have to make good grades in my classes, honey. Or we could just, you know, the podcast could be even better because you're prepared and all of a sudden, like, oh my gosh, people, okay. people like, on. start listening mm-hmm. and it takes off and mm-hmm. then we're, we, you know, the podcast is the thing. Who needs school? I, I do. We become <laughs> a bigger company than Disney. Yeah. Okay. We're going to kick it off kind of bridging the gap from last week to this week. So last week, Sam made plans for all of her restaurant conquering that she's going to do in Disney Springs. So much food. Her reviews. Well, here's something else I'm going to need you to experience in Disney Springs. It's going to actually you're not going to get you're not going to get a chance to before we come down. So we're going to do this together because it actually opens in summer of 2019. But the new NBA experience will be opening 
summer of 2019. Do you remember? I, we saw this being built, too, as we were walking through Disney Springs. We saw the construction site. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a pretty big building, like multi-story, big blocky-looking thing. But basically, this facility will bring NBA moments to life through thrilling basketball activities and interactive exhibitions. And it's a one-of-a-kind destination developed by Walt Disney Imagineering in collaboration with the NBA. A very immersive experience into what it's like to be a professional NBA player. So do they help me shoot better because I can't even granny shot it into the basket? I already shoot good. You shoot good. (laughs) Garrett shoots good. Oh, sorry. Chicken chicken nugget shoots good. Nobody can train me. Yeah, right. I'm already at the top. I would school you, son. Oh, yeah. You would go down. Well, let me tell you about some of the things that you're going to be able to do. There are a lot of different activities, a lot of really cool things. I, th- I think this sounds fun. I definitely want to try it once it's open. But um, It sounds like a you thing. There will be a dozen unique and innovative activities. You get to experience one of the biggest milestones for a basketball player at the NBA draft with a photo moment that recreates the atmosphere of the draft stage. Track and improve jump shots and passing skills, so there you go, in a replicated NBA combine challenge, complete with a scouting report that highlights stats at the end of the session. Step onto the court and hear the roar of the crowd as they maneuver through a series of time shots to aim for a high score. Execute a perfect slam dunk just like NBA superstars captured by cameras surrounding adjustable baskets. Test their ball handling <laughs> skills with an interactive trainer who will challenge them from a vari- with a variety of dribbling routines. They would have to lower my basket ridiculously <laughs> low, and then they'd have to harness me and put like things to pull me up so I could even hit where they lowered the basket. <laughs> no, no. They would have no. to put the basket on the ground. Well, imagine me. this is going to be for kids, too, so they could probably lower it way down where you almost wouldn't even have to jump because us old people, it's risky jumping, right? We might break a hip. Yeah. So. I, I jump off like rooftops. <laughs> oh, Parkour. Oversized slingshot. You'll be able to launch basketballs at hoops from varying heights, making as many shots as possible before the clock runs out. Immerse yourself in rich legacy and history of the NBA and WNBA. Access a team locker room that showcases up-to-date statistics and visuals of top NBA and WNBA players. Test knowledge of the NBA and WNBA past and present during a trivia game with up to 25 participants competing against one another to be champion. Two 180-degree cinematic presentations that showcase the in-arena experience moments before the start of the game. Take a seat at an interactive multi-screen module to watch replay clips from the NBA and use tools to make the right call. Play interactive basketball games from Papa Shot to modern video games. And it will include a retail store, of course, with exclusive NBA-themed merchandise designed by Disney. So... A ton of stuff. A lot of opportunities. I think this sounds amazing. I mean... I think you should bring a friend. So one of my... basketball going on. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the NBA experience. No offense or anything, but the only thing that sounded cool to me is being slingshotted. No, you don't get slingshotted. You use a slingshot to fire balls at baskets. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. I want to do that. Never mind. I thought my body would be flying through the air. That's Angry Birds Real Life Edition. It is. And you wouldn't want to do the slam dunk competition. You wouldn't want to do... I think a lot of this stuff sounds like a lot of fun. I don't want to do the slam dunk competition because I'm going to look ridiculous out there with a baby basket. Yeah, it'll be hilarious. No, it won't. I don't think no you, one judges. Yeah, no oh, one's judging you. Okay, in the NBA stadium. says the judgy people in the family. I wouldn't judge you. I want the picture of you They're flying through the now. air, the slamming one. down the basketball like an MJ style. Your tongue hanging out, jumping from the foul line. That's what I want to see. Yeah, no one, no, no one has their tongue hanging. It would be even Michael Jordan does that anyway, what? or used to. And anyway, 
It would be awesome. Here's what I want to see. I want to see you posterize Garrett. Like, I want Garrett under the basket and you slamming right in his face. That'd be awesome. No. That's what I want to see. That would not be awesome. I, I think you should take a friend. <laughs> well, anyway. I could go shop. I was a big basketball player Springs growing up. Christmas store. You could take me because I'm interested in and knowing knowing that I was not the do that. the size to make it into the NBA, this would be a cool experience. Mm. Okay. So I'm looking. You're tall. Me. Not tall enough. But you're really tall. Point guards in the NBA are like six four, six five, six six. I'm six foot, and those are the short players. Hmm. So I, I would look like Muggsy Bogues out there. Do you know who that is? That sport's too exclusive. Well, it's just it's key to be tall in basketball. Otherwise, you're going to get your shots blocked by everybody. Unless you got a real quick shot. I think I I don't have a very quick shot, quick release. Mm-hmm. I'm a pretty good shot, though. But anyway, enough about me and my Stop basketball bragging. skills. If you guys want to go one-on-one, you give me a call. Apparently, I won't have family to go with to the NBA experience. So if you want to go check me. it out, I'll go with you. Well, okay, Garrett's going to go with me. Cool. At least you will. McKenna probably will, too. You're the only one. You can sit it out. You sit on the bench and watch us become NBA stars. I'm, I actually won't sit on the bench. I will be shopping. <laughs> I will be shopping. <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about something that's a little more your speed. Coming up in February, Disney's introducing a new VIP tour called Taste of the Magic Kingdom. Bookings are now available for dates as early as February 24th, and the tickets are $99 a person. It's a three-hour tour. A, a three-hour three hour tour. tour. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm glad we both went there. <laughs> I love Gilligan's Island. Yeah, hopefully you won't be stranded on an island after you... But but it sounds like there's a lot of food. I don't know so what maybe you guys are okay. talking about. You know Gilligan's Island. You've never seen Gilligan's Island? Listen, there have been a lot of examples on this podcast of how terrible of a parent that I am, and now you're included in this because you haven't helped me introduce Garrett to Gilligan's Island. That's a classic TV show. Gilligan and the Skipper, the millionaire and his wife, the movie star, Professor and Marion. Never mind. Okay. um, It's a couple pretty ladies with a bunch of old dudes. Doesn't ring a bell. Well, let me tell you what's included in this VIP tour. And by the way, you do have to also have separate park admission. You can't just do the $99 for the tour and get into the park and do the tour. You've got to have a, at least the single day Magic Kingdom admission and then the $99 to do the tour. What if you're a season pass holder? Annual pass. Or annual pass. And yes, if you have your annual pass, that counts. And then you just pay for the tour. Hmm. Sounds like something I may be able to do. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> If you go with me to the NBA experience, maybe. Uh, so here are here's what's offered as part of this package. Uncover the magic behind the meals. Hear stories from the brilliant chefs and dedicated cast members that bring creative and delicious meals to life each day at the Magic Kingdom Park. So that's pretty cool. You get to hear about food. Uh, yes. Go behind the scenes. Enjoy unprecedented access to backstage kitchens and working areas that have never before been shared with guests. So <gasps> you get to hear about food and then you get to see the food. Can I touch it? Can I touch no, you, no touching. the kitchen stuff? No touching. Then you get to delight in delicious tastings. Along the way, tuck into curated tastings of some of the most beloved menu items at Magic Kingdom Park. Be sure to bring an appetite. So you get to hear about the food. See the food, and then you finally get to taste the food. And, I want to do a cooking class with these people. And then you can taste the future. Help Disney culinary artists create the next generation of Magic Kingdom Park food by sampling an item that is still in development. <gasps> I'm doing Like a it. mega leg, mega chicken leg. No more turkey. No, no. Mutant chicken. <laughs> neither, neither, neither. There's That's other a things. What, they should let me bring up some really cool, neat things that I've 
made over the years that they could put in the park, then they can call it the Sammy Joe special. Sammy Joe Cloned special. Remy corpse. Gross. That is gross, Garrett. That is really gross. And of course, you are going to enjoy VIP treatment. Relax and savor the experience because your VIP guides will take care of everything. It's an outdoor tour, so keep that in mind. Additionally, as it is park around, or based around park cuisine, uh, menu selections are designed to appeal to a wide variety of dietary preferences and restrictions. However, modifications and substitutions for individual offerings cannot be accommodated. So uh, that's interesting. Yeah. So that's something to keep in mind if you've got some very specific allergies. You need or to eat pineapples. If you're vegan, you might not be able to do such a thing. I, uh, well, you could do it. I guess you just I, I could do it and not eat pineapple. I can't imagine. They're going to force you to eat Dole Whip. No. They'll kick you out if you don't eat the pineapple. <laughs> Ooh, it'd be fun. Then I could go to Disney they'll Hospital. Take <laughs> they'll take your annual pass. That sounds like a new soap opera. Disney <laughs> Hospital. I'm excited for that one. Coming to ABC this fall. Disney Hospital. Mortimer's in trouble. We gotta take him to the ER. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think that sounds like a pretty awesome tour. I, I, I mean, we like food. We like special access to the parks. So, behind the scenes stuff. This sounds like a pretty good situation. I agree. So Disney made an announcement last week. They're going to start selling a ticket that allows buyers to enter each of its theme parks for one day apiece for a total price of $340. It breaks down to $85 per day. It's called the Four Park Magic Value Ticket. And it goes on sale January 18th. And the tickets must be used by March 1st. So it's really just like wrapping up the, the back end of winter. Obviously, that's kind of a low attendance time for the parks. Yay me! So they're trying to find a way to bring more people in, and this deal it gives you a, it gives you a little bit of a discount. Like if you were going to go buy like a four day single day pass, it's going to be um, or single park pass. Sorry, four day single park pass. It'd be a little more expensive probably than what this deal is doing for you. Otherwise, I don't know why you'd do it. So as we all know. Earlier this year, Disney changed its park pricing to a date-based system under which the cost of admission varies from day to day. Currently, a one-day ticket in January or February ranges between $104 to $129, and that's for Florida residents. However, purchasing a four-day ticket that for that span can push the price as low as $53, but they come with tighter restrictions about when they can be used than the Magic Value tickets do. So there's actually three tiers. The four-park Magic Value ticket is for admission from January 18th to March 1st, must be used within the first seven days of first use or at least by March 1st, whichever comes first, $85 per day or $80 per day per child. Then there's the four-park Magic Select ticket valid from March 2nd to March 14th, March 27th to April 9th, April 27th to May 27th, and August 19th to September 30th. Um, That one's going to be adults $89 per day, child $84 per day. And then there's a four park magic summer ticket. The dates are May 28th to August 18th. And that's $95 per day for adult and $90 for child. So just a small, a slight discount for you Mm -hmm. to get your four day single park admission. Basically, if you want to buy the four pack, kind of encouraging them. The way that I kind of look at that is they're driving attendance to all four parks um, with that pack because it's like one day at Magic Kingdom, one day at Epcot, one day at Hollywood Studios, one day at Animal Kingdom. That's how I'm reading it. I don't know if you could use it as like you've got four days, you're going to use them all at Magic Kingdom. I don't know. It it might work that way. Yeah. But I read it as um, it works parts. one day of admission to Magic Kingdom, one day at Epcot, one day at the studios, and one day at Animal Kingdom. Tickets can be used to enter each theme park only once. Okay. So yeah. So yeah. It, it is kind of like this would not work. 
for someone who might be a hashtag AK hater because you have to go to Animal Kingdom. Who um, who, who could I'm, be? There are those people out there. I'm who just, could be so I'm grumpy? Just, I'm just saying. To not you get to love. see those little tiny monkeys. Uh, <laughs> I mean, come on. Who? I don't know. This is a hypothetical situation. I'm just saying. <laughs> So anyway, kidding. it's an interesting ticket offer. And if you were, if your plan was to go down, visit all four parks for one day, get a little discount, save about 60 bucks maybe yep. per person. That's, That's not bad. bad. Put that right back into food. All four parks. One day in each park. One day in each park. Yeah. And you have to use them within seven days. Okay, cool. Once you start. So right. that's pretty reasonable. Yeah. That would have worked for us on this last trip. Absolutely would have. Yeah. Because we went to everywhere but Epcot, but this would have allowed us to go to Epcot. Yeah. So, last thing I wanted to talk about today before we wrap up segment number one is a rumor. Not really a rumor. We know this happened, but I want to talk about what we think is happening. Did you know about this, Garrett? Disney purchased nearly 1,000 acres of land in Osceola County. This land is southeast of Walt Disney World near Celebration. Um, it was previously planned to be this like a planned community. But they purchased 965 acres just south of Disney World for $23 million. Right now, they have not announced what they're going to do with it. But just to give you some kind of point of reference, the Animal Kingdom is only about 500 acres. So this is bigger than the Animal Kingdom. Is the Animal Kingdom the biggest? Yeah, the Animal Kingdom's the biggest. Epcot's second. They're going to make... The biggest park ever. They may not use it all for park. It could be another park, and then they bought, build some like hotels around it and stuff. But but at the same time, that's a whole lot of land. And people have been wondering, will Disney ever add a fifth gate? And this could be it. Why would they buy that much land otherwise? Yeah. What, what could that park be, though? I don't know. You know, for a long time, there were rumors that they were thinking about building like a villain park. Yesterland. Yesterland. <laughs> A villain park. That'd be kind of cool. That'd be cool, yeah. Yeah. Another thing that they could maybe do is, you know, they're purchasing... They could, they could have, like, a, a castle in the middle that um, the Maleficent dragon is, like, climbing it. That would be awesome. Yeah, a villain mm -hmm. park. I'd be all in on a villain park. Yeah. Uh, so that's one thing. The other thing is, what about a Marvel park? Oh, but they don't have that. Well, so things change all the time. You know how Disney just merged or acquired Fox yeah. and basically got all these properties, including X Men yeah. and all of that. Doesn't the only thing Deadpool? they don't, the only thing they don't outright own now is Spider Man because it's still owned by Sony. Okay, but everything else they own outright. I'm just saying, I realize Universal's got this contract, but if Disney owns everything, you don't think they could probably influence and yeah. maybe start to. Get Somehow. some of those properties, like change the contract. But if they acquire Dis uh, Sony, they could make like Disney tablets. <laughs> they would never acquire like Sony Electronics, but maybe Sony Pictures. That's possible. Universal's going to ask for a lot of money though, because they need that. I mean, they're they, they're kind of well. Universal is going all in on Nintendo, yeah, uh, and they're building that new park, rumored quote unquote. I, that's going to be the Nintendo Park. Oh okay. no, it. They showed a video on the Nintendo Switch of the um, Mario place, and it showed Mario running around with kids, and like um, they went into yeah. like a Mario castle. So Universal's building a third gate, unless you count Volcano Bay, so maybe a fourth gate, um, and and it's going to be a Nintendo park. So they've got Harry Potter that they're still investing in, yeah, and they've got Nintendo. I really wish Disney had Nintendo, yeah, because well they can't have they everything. Make really nice stuff. There's got to be competitors. 
in the market. And, and Universal doesn't own Nintendo, but they've got the exclusive rights um, to develop the Nintendo content in their parks. So that's what's going to be happening. And that's fine. Gives us a reason, another reason to go visit that other park nearby to Would Walt Disney, Disney be allowed to build a Metroid thing? Because that'd Metroid. be really cool. <laughs> that's Nintendo, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's Universal. But they got, they got Mario. Or did they just get it's Nintendo, Nintendo in general? Yeah, because they're going to build like a... As part of the Nintendo world, this isn't the Universal podcast, but as part of the Nintendo world, uh, they've said there's going to be like a Pokemon zone. Mm. So oh, it, really it's cool. not just Mario. There's going to be like a Zelda area. There's going to be Mario. That would be even cooler. Yeah, it's going to be pretty neat. But anyway, ignore all of that. Because right now we're talking about the potential that maybe something could change. A Marvel park would be so amazing. It would be really cool. It would be cool to be a villain park, though. Mm-hmm. I mean... I don't know, but a Marvel park would be really awesome too. Oh my gosh, there's so much they could do. Mm-hmm. I I actually was thinking for a little while, like what can they do? But never mind. <laughs> there's can a lot do stuff. Yeah, and you know, <gasps> Muppets, a Muppet park. That's oh, not yeah. gonna happen. Yeah. They're getting rid of that part because they're gonna move it. <laughs> it's gonna be all Muppets. So we're starting to get into uh, the what if zone, and I think that that'll be a good thing to kind of talk about in segment three. So keep cooking on these ideas, keep marinating on them. We'll come back at the end of this episode. We're going to talk about our Disney wishes for 2019. So let's take a break. Take it over to M34D. I'll check and see if Landon can actually join us today. He's been <laughs> absent for a couple weeks, so who knows? It'll be a surprise. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Monday Morning Monorail. This is M34D, and joining us once again is the, I'm going to say the first D in M34D. It's Landon, the Dawes Don't. Landon, welcome back to the Monorail. I know that doesn't work out, like if you're trying yeah, to say Disney deep dive with the Dawes. Yeah, I was I was going through the acronym. I don't know if it really works out, <laughs> you're the but, fourth, uh, but since uh, I guess in, in honor of uh, what we're going to be previewing or reviewing or something like that, you may call me the Galactic Hero. Galactic Hero, Landon Doan. I love it. Yeah. Little teaser, just giving you a little taste of where we're headed today. And we're going to fly there on on the wings of folded airlines. And the so, wings of love. And the wings of love. Yeah. <laughs> so today, continuing our exploration of Magic Kingdom attractions that are either still with us or no longer still with us. This one's a little bit of both. We're going to be talking about an attraction in Tomorrowland that's gone through a lot of different flavors, if you will. And it started way back in 1972, so it wasn't an opening day attraction. But it has, in various formats, stood the test of time because, for the most part, at least the ride system is still intact, even if the, the scenes around it have changed pretty drastically. So, of course, we're going to be talking about If You Had Wings slash 
Delta Dream Flight slash Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger spin. Uh, yeah, it's gone through a couple iterations. It has. Yeah, we were talking about how uh, the the current Stitch footprint had gone through uh, many personality changes through the years. This one is pretty close on the tails of having that record of of having the most changes, but still an operating mm-hmm. attraction. And and literally across the street from Stitch in uh, in Tomorrowland yeah. as well. It's almost like, you know that there's always that business somewhere in your hometown that it just seems like no matter what they put there, it just doesn't stand the test of it's time. It's a snake bit location. Yeah. It, it feels like this, whatever, yeah. this square footage in Tomorrowland, <laughs> for whatever reason, is a bit snake bit, and they just can't, they just can't nail it. Hate that for Disney. Yeah. You know, it hasn't really hurt them too much. I'm, I'm sure they're wiping their tears <laughs> away with their, their dollars. But. Exactly. Pulling $100 bills out of their pocket. Oh, dear Lord. Right. I'm going to start chronologically, and we'll start with If You Had Wings, but we're going to move kind of quickly through that because, of course, I never really experienced that considering it was gone before I was even a glint in my father's eye. Yep. We're going to talk about Delta Dream Flight, which is interesting because for me, and I've gone back and watched videos since we since I was doing the research for this particular segment, and I have to say, maybe my memory gave it kind of a, a more golden um, presence or, or shined it up a bit than what it actually was. Well, I do hear nostalgia is a hell of a drug. It really is, yeah. But still, if it were still standing today, I think I would always find time for it, but... Uh, and then we're going to look to the present and talk about what has what it has become, which is the Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger spin, which is something that both Landon and I have experienced. And uh, Landon, you're a big Toy Story guy, so I know it's in good hands with you kind of walking us through where it's at today. So, well, in theory, it's in good hands, but I appreciate the vote of confidence. Yeah, I do want to say welcome back. You had a two week hiatus. From yeah, the um, uh, after the uh, big switcheroo skidoo while playing kazoos and and hanging out with Babalu, that was that was fun. Shout out to uh, Dillo's Diz, thanks for having us. Though I do, I hate to say this, and I hate to bring it up because they are my godchildren. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's a ton of chicken nugget crumbs. There's some <laughs> what I'm assuming are chocolate stains all over the monorail, and it smells like Fortnite in here. Yeah. Like. Like I, I, I have no idea what what they did to my monorail in my absence, but uh, that is a Christmas wish for this year. I'm hoping I can get a cleaning crew. <laughs> well, the worst part is I don't think they saved you any chicken nuggets. So, well, seriously, tell me about it. As a fat kid, if I'm seeing chicken nugget crumbs, I better at least be having me a twelve piece <laughs> and uh, not a single one. Can't even get a kids meal going. <laughs> it just smells like right, so that we- smell after you drive home with McDonald's in the car and it won't leave for a couple of days. That's what it smells <laughs> no. like in the monorail right now. It's not good. Yeah. All right, let's start way back in the original uh, incarnation of this attraction, which was If You Had Wings. Now, this ride was sponsored by Eastern Airlines, and essentially, it was like a long Eastern Airlines commercial. Um, I mean, you know, they weren't going to dump $10 million into the ride without getting some kind of a return on their investment. So, um, obviously, it worked out well for them. You know, we're all very familiar with Eastern (laughs) Airlines today. Clearly right? talking about Eastern Airlines all the time. I mean, right at the top of your flying wish list. Hey, to tie it back, 
I'm pretty sure Eastern Airlines is featured in Ernest Saves Christmas. Is it really? I think that's the plane that like Santa arrives on in Orlando <laughs> is Eastern Airlines. So just FYI, they they were getting a lot of plugs even back then when when Ernest came out, but uh, it didn't well, save I- them. But the way this ride was laid out, it was an Omni Mover dark ride, which really you could call it the same today. It still is, and one of the main aspects of it was a lot of projection. I mean, you kind of went from scene to scene, and it was really just showing you projections of uh, exotic locations that you could travel to, all of them serviced by Eastern Airlines, of course. What are the chances? Right? (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, a a thinly veiled advertisement for Eastern Airlines, although I think people still enjoyed it. It had a very catchy tune. I don't know if you've ever heard If You Had Wings, but... It's one of my, it's one of my jams. I've got it on my uh, hard drive. Um, it was one of those that ha- had kind of uh, different flavors to it because you know it had kind of a Latin flavor, and they did it in a bunch of different kind of styles. But Ooh, if you sexy. had wings, yeah, it's it's catchy. It would get stuck in your head. At some point, Eastern pulled their sponsorship, which was in 1987. Actually, is when they pulled their sponsorship, and at that point. The ride changed its name to If You Could Fly. And the big problem there was that the the theme song was gone and people were like, what the crap? That was why I came to If You Had Wings because it was kind of like if it's, you know, the the ride itself didn't change so much. It was really just they changed the song and then people were like, you can't change. It's a small world. You can't. Okay. Yeah. That was that was literally the attraction I was thinking of. Like, that's crazy because, I mean, outside of It's a Small World. Is there another attraction that if they were to change the soundtrack with, you'd just be like, I'm out? Yeah. Haunted Mansion or Pirates. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. All right. I'm starting to see a pattern here. So they might. I I mean, you can't put if you had wings on the level with those rides because it didn't have like any animatronics in it at all. It was really just projection. But at the same time. Maybe we can put it on that level because people were talking about how upset they were that this song got removed. Yeah. I would say musically it's on the level. Maybe not exper- okay. ride experience-wise, yeah. Dang, I feel like I'm missing out at this point. <laughs> you can go see it. It's it's out there on YouTube. So, If You Could Fly was the name of the attraction from 87 to 89, and then it closed down permanently until the ride was reimagined when they got the Delta sponsorship to move in. And this is the ride that I remember. So Delta Dream Flight, for whatever reason, holds a very special place in my heart. I can specifically remember riding this ride with my dad. And I I think it's because, I'm just going to say, I think I have a little something in common with Walt because I am a fan of transportation systems. Like, why do I love the monorail so much? I'm not a person who hates flying. Like, I love flying. I love airplanes. Um, I like cars. I'm excited about autonomous cars. I'd love to have one. You know, all oh, this. So, so you're excited about cars. Do you prefer the original or the sequel? The, uh, yeah, Kachow, the original. Um, okay, all right. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan of the Hyperloop. I can't wait for that. And we all know I'm a huge fan of the gondolas. So basically what I'm saying is um, this one hit a sweet spot for me because, first of all, Delta Dream Flight introduced a new song, which I enjoyed. It had a new theme song, which okay. which I can still hear pretty clearly. It was a dark ride, which is one of my favorite things. It was about flying. And Delta happens to be my preferred airline. And it always really has been. So I've got some good memories flying with the family. Yeah. Um, Right there with you, a uh, platinum frequent flyer right here. Yeah. What's up? 
See, you there know, you go. Humble brag, humble brag. <laughs> I've never reached platinum status. I am envious. Yeah, uh, well, you know, uh, it's okay, you plebe. <laughs> so <laughs> when the Delta Dream flight was open, they actually did remodel the attraction, and it went from being like all projection scenes to only mostly projection scenes. Oh, to just mostly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they introduced a few practical scenes. Um, one of the things that sticks in my mind, and really the story in this one was more, instead of telling you about all the, well, they're definitely weaving in. Delta can take you all these places. But it was really like the history of flying and even into like looking into the future of what flying could be and, and the future of travel. But one of the, the scenes that always sticks out in my mind, two things. One is in the queue, there was like this rainbow light tunnel that you had to walk through. And I always thought that was really cool. I don't know. I'm a sucker for lights. What can I say? I am a child. Um, <laughs> you, you like lights and you like things that go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I was pretty easy to please on Christmas Day. Big boy Day just when to I go was, vroom vroom. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, then on the ride the scene that i remember so vividly was you go into like a dark tunnel and at the end of the tunnel there's a spotlight that's shining at you that has uh separate beams to make it look like it's almost like a light behind a fan that's turning if you can imagine the kind of imagery i'm giving you so so it makes the beams kind of spin and as you move into the tunnel it almost gave you the effect like you might be kind of rotating oh that's cool like I said, I went back and watched YouTube videos in preparation for this M340, and maybe this ride wasn't quite as amazing as, as I remember it in my mind, but I still think it's one of those that nostalgia would probably take me back to even today if it was still open. One of the things I remember about it was it was a two-seater uh, dark ride, which you don't typically see. They try to make the dark rides like four-seaters at least, um, just so they can you get them in, get them out, get them in, get them out, but it was a two-seater kind of a ride, so... I'm trying to think if there was anything else that really stood out to me. I can remember when you first go in there, um, there was a scene of a man standing on top of a biplane. This was a projection scene, and it was like a stunt plane, and um, it was doing spirals and all kinds of things with this man just strapped to the top of it, just flying around. <laughs> and that, that one stands out in my mind, too, but... I don't know. I liked it, and I liked the Delta Dreamflight song. Again, I encourage you, go look up these videos, check out the songs. They'll get stuck in your head for hours. In 1996, very sadly, Delta pulled its sponsorship, and we were discussing this was really kind of right in line with um, their sponsorship of the Summer Olympics in 1996, which were in Atlanta, and that's Delta's hub. So probably just an allocation of funds thing at that point. Delta pulled their sponsorship, so again, Disney changed the name of it to Disney's Take Flight, uh, removed all references to Delta, and then that ride lasted two years until 1998. So... I never rode it when it wasn't a Delta ride, so I, in those two years, I guess I didn't go back and ride it. That was the end of Delta Dream Flight, sadly for me, RIP Delta D Dream Flight. It'll always live in my heart, but when I think about you, it makes me want to fart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it makes us want to part. Sing it, ride or pay the price. Oh, sorry. So jumping ahead to today, Landon, this is where I turn it over to you and say, tell us all about what we have today, which is a great ride. A very fun ride for the family, the Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin. Stand by. Scanners detecting more trouble in Sector 9. No doubt it's the work of that nefarious criminal, the sworn enemy of the Galactic Alliance, the evil Emperor Zerg. 
Yes, uh, the uh, attraction has since morphed into, I guess, the precursor to uh, Toy Story World, and because because now we live in a, a world where you know Slinky Dogs Mad Dash or whatever is a must see it or must do attraction. But before we got Slinky Dog, the only Toy Story attraction, at least the Walt Disney World aspect of it, was Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin, which it still sticks with the dark ride, still sticks with the uh, with the Omni Mover. It's one of those attractions, at least for me, getting on the ride is a little anxiety inducing because it's like, oh God, I gotta go, gotta go, gotta, I, I, I gotta time one, two, three, go. But Lena, okay, the platform the is now. moving at the same speed as your ride vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems so much faster when you're trying to get yourself into said cart. But it's really not moving that fast. But uh, they they since uh, changed the attraction into a shooting gallery, for the lack of a better term. I mean, they even have a scoring system. And uh, let me break it down. If you score zero to one thousand, you're a level one star cadet. Mm-hmm. 1,001 to 10,000, that's going to give you level 2 Space Scout. Scout is better than Cadet. Level 3, 10,001 to 100,000. Level 3, you're a Ranger First Class, which is kind of confusing if you're level 3. First, (laughs) Never mind. Uh, Level 4 is 100,001 to 300,000. That is a level floor Wait, level floor, level four, planetary pilot. Level five is going to be three thousand and one to six hundred thousand. That is a level five space ace. Level six is six thousand six hundred thousand and one to nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety eight. That is a level six cosmic commando. And if you somehow break a million points, congratulations, you are a level seven galactic hero. Yeah, I don't think you can actually break a million, though. I think it tops out at 999,999. I think, I think if, you, if you get max points, I think that's what it'll read. I think uh, th- that is a possibility because yeah. uh, look, now that you mention it, it does say that the point score you have to hit is 999,999 yeah, yeah. plus. Yeah, and so, I've never done yeah. that. Never. I know that there's secrets to it because there's certain targets that give you that like maximum points that are in there. I don't know what those are. I never hit them. Yeah, no, no. I was I was just about to say I'm curious if there's like some sort of like FAQ or a walkthrough that there you is, see for yeah. games. Like like if you want to try and get the you know Galactic Hero score, this is what you gotta gotta go for. There are they're out there. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I was just gonna tell you that that this last time we wrote it, and I think I posted. If you want to go look at the Monday Morning Monorail Instagram, you will see the score that I achieved versus the score that McKenna that a McKenna achieved. The last time that we wrote it, she actually broke the 900,000 mark. I think I was like somewhere in the wow. 300,000 range. But I totally blame that on the fact that she was steering because you got a joystick <laughs> and you get to drive that thing yourself. Like you get to determine your angles. She kept putting me at the most awkward angles possible. So I couldn't hit anything, but she was just tearing it up. So hey, I was it's lucky all in to the get game, what I man. Got. Yeah. I don't know. I can't blame her for it. I mean, come on. You think I'm one to gloat when I get the high score on the games? <clears throat> no. I never, yes, absolutely. I mean, no, absolutely. I never not. do that. Um, see Toy Story Midway Mania. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I totally got ripped off. Well, I'm, I, I hate to hear that for you, buddy. But um, uh, at one point in the attraction, uh, is uh, f- uh, photographed, and at one point. Uh, are sent to you via email and if your score was in the top 100 of the day it would denote in that picture where you landed during the day i think that's kind of cool yeah. uh but i mean obviously this is a toy story 
themed shooting gallery. And we were talking a little bit about this before we got into it. Uh, for whatever reason, and I guess because it's a very similar attraction to uh, the Buzz Lightyear ride, the ride or attraction that I guess is most parallel or is a juxtaposition to this ride is going to be the MIB shooting gallery at Universal Studios. And I know this might be somewhat blasphemous on a Disney themed podcast. Be careful. I think I actually prefer the Universal oh. version of the oh. attraction. I know. Yeah. Sorry. Shots fired. <laughs> Come and get me, Disney dorks. Uh, but like part of the reason is at least, I mean, don't get me wrong, there are 3D targets quote unquote that you interact with throughout the Buzz Lightyear uh Buzz Lightyear space Ram. on the flip side the MIB attraction it's mostly 3D mm. monsters and models that you're shooting at and trying to take down so it feels a little bit more meaty for lo- yeah. for the lack of a better term like uh, because MIB you're shooting at something that's actually there as opposed to hey that's just a piece of plywood with Zerg's minions on it but Which, you I know mean, don't get me don't get me wrong I'm a Toy Story honk so I love all the Toy Story overlay yeah. but at the same time like I said doesn't feel as meaty as MIB does yeah yeah I get that the queue is still good even though you don't get the rainbow tunnel you get to see a really cool Buzz Lightyear animatronic that's got the projection technology not voiced by Tim Allen Mm. it is voiced by Pat Fraley who apparently is the uh, I guess park stand in Buzz because he has voiced Buzz at other attractions but still not you know the man not the real deal he sounds pretty close or Becky Lynch yeah <laughs> he sounds pretty close. I think it's a pretty good impression. Um, See, like, but it's not dead I, on. Like, it's pretty good, but when I was listening to a video for preparation for this segment, it's like, as soon as I heard that, it's like, okay, that is somebody doing a Tim Allen Buzz Lightyear impression. Yeah. Though, uh, though I will say, uh, Zerg is voiced by Frank Welker. So, I mean, uh, if, uh, if you are a fan of good voice work, you have the legendary Frank Welker uh, yeah. doing Zerg. So, that's cool. It's kind of funny that they couldn't get Tim Allen to do this voice because what would that have taken like maybe an hour of him recording in whatever local studio is nearest to him? It's not like yeah. he had to fly to Orlando or L.A. to do it, you know. It probably wouldn't have even taken an hour. Right. To be completely honest. Super easy because it's just on a loop. He's just, you know. But but anyway, regardless, it's a pretty cool animatronic when it's working. Sometimes it's a little glitchy. but um, and, but, and, and I do dig the projection of the yeah, face. I, yeah. I, I think that is a very good aesthetic, uh, you know, yeah. sticking with the toy stuff. One of the things, it, it doesn't photograph well. A lot of times those projection faces no. on the animatro- animatronics, they look much better in person, which is actually, I guess, kind of a good thing, because you got to be there to really appreciate exactly, it. Exactly, yeah. G- got to get the people inside the park. Yeah. The other thing I was going to mention is that from the very beginning, even if it, as it started as on um, the If You Had Wings layover, <laughs> layover, interesting, I chose that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, but anyway, uh, there are several places in that ride where if you are riding the People Mover, you can actually see into the ride, and that has remained through, throughout the years. So even when it was Delta Dream Flight, you could still do that. And today, if you ride the People Mover, you get to go by and look at the people who are um, very intently trying to get the high score <laughs> on Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin. That's always one of my favorite parts of the People Mover, because those people, they're not looking for you at all. They're no, not at all. Very and, focused. And, and, on the targets and and until i read that in preparation for this segment it's like i had no idea because like you said it's like you're not paying attention to everything above you you're you're paying attention to everything literally in front of you because it probably has a target on it and you have to get that high score i'm way too much of a gamer to be focused on anything except scoring points yeah (laughs) 
And then the other thing I was going to say is this is one of the rides where I can never figure out where the camera is. So <laughs> it, it always catches me by surprise. But that's a good thing, too, because then you can see the intensity on this face. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, the last time I rode this ride, uh, we ended up purchasing the picture of, of my crew going through this. And it was because both the person and I was riding this with were both very like, oh, yeah, In like, it. like like white trigger tight, like looking very intently for these stupid little targets <laughs> so we could, you know, beat each other. Shoot the Z's. Yeah. <laughs> Landon, anything else you wanted to say about Buzz Lightyear? To infinity and beyond, I suppose. I like it. Well, welcome back. I'm glad you're back with us. You know, Merry round- Christmas, everybody. Yeah, by Merry the Christmas. Way. This is our this is our last yeah. in three four D before Christmas, and actually, it's going to be our last of the year because next week we're going to do a little bit of a different thing with the show just for the New Year show. So, uh, Landon, you've you've put in a lot of great work this year. You're not getting a raise. You're not getting a bonus. But I expect Gosh, you darn it. back here in January, right on this monorail. Well, uh, since I've been uh, cursed with a strong work ethic and my dog, apparently, I will be right back here on said monorail bright and early in 2019. Sounds good. And, and if you want to come slash land as L-A-N-D-O-C, please go follow me. <laughs> I was going to give you a chance. I was going to do do your plugs and then let oh. you do the Twitter thing. But but yeah, check out Landon on Twitter. Do it. L-A-N-D-O-Z, please go follow me, Landon Doan, I'm the best, Landon Doan, not the rest. <laughs> hey, I got, I got another line this week. Uh, give me like four months and I'm going to put together a song. A full song, and yeah. be sued promptly by Disney. <laughs> <laughs> and you can also find Landon's other work on buttmunchchips.com. Game of Thrones Talk or Got Talk the podcast as well as Near Fall Radio. So lots of great content out there. Go check Landon out. Um, Landon, Merry Christmas. We'll see you in the new year. Welcome back. This is the Monday Morning Monorail segment number three on Christmas Eve. Ho, ho, ho. Oh, Santa's here. Santa's here, <laughs> which is perfect. Hide your cookies. Hide your wives. <laughs> he kisses them. Wives. No, Multiple wives. Who knows? You know, different strokes for different folks. <laughs> but uh, no, it's good that he's here because now it's time for us to make our Disney Christmas wishes. So my idea is like, this is just blue sky. Any Christmas wishes you would have for Disney, and it doesn't necessarily have to be resort. It could be movies, TV, whatever, the streaming service, whatever it may be. So let's just bounce some ideas around, Garrett. All right, I have one. Yeah, you can that start. I thought of right whenever you said we were doing um, wishes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Muppet Vision VR. Muppet Vision VR. Okay, be really nice. So is that idea basically changing Muppet Vision 3D and making it a VR experience instead? So everybody's wearing like a headset. The, the void thing. Oh, it's like a Muppet void thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting. Maybe we could visit Muppet Labs and help them create the next entertainment breakthrough. I that, don't know. that 3D thing. Mm-hmm. Creature. Yeah, the spirit of 3D. I could be there. <laughs> that's true. Okay, that's pretty good. What about you, Sam? Okay, I got it. I wish 
that Disney would sponsor this podcast <laughs> and give us swag, and they would give us free park tickets because they love us so much. <laughs> and I would get all access mm-hmm. to like the backstage stuff. Like I want to walk in those tunnels underground. Utility doors, yep. I want to go into the chef's kitchen and cook with the chefs because you know what? I should be a chef. Um, only for fun, though, because I don't think I want to do it as a job. But that's that's my big wish. Wow, that's a big one. It's huge. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> what reason do they have to sponsor us? We're putting out the content for have them anyway. Have you seen our faces? Cute people. I know, but we're going we're gonna to do it anyway. They're getting free pub right now. They that's true. Yeah, yeah. They don't need to pay us for it. They don't have to. <laughs> but if you're listening, Disney, I want free swag. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be nice. They could send us, you know. Special ears. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Monorail ears. Yeah, that'd be cool. We'd accept that. Yes. <laughs> that'd be cool. Okay. I'll make a park wish first. It, it ties into what we were talking about in segment one. I really do wish that in 2019, Disney would do something about this universal contract deal with the Marvel characters because I get so jealous that Disneyland um, in California and the California Adventure get to do so much with the Marvel characters and we don't get that much over here. Yeah. So I wish that could change. And I don't know. Maybe maybe it won't. Maybe it's one of those things that it'll. it's still going to take years and years for that contract to just run out. But I just feel like Disney's got a lot of money to throw around and it would be a huge investment, you know, to basically get that contract torn up. But it'd be awesome. Since they keep having trouble defining what Tomorrowland is supposed to be, why not make it a Tony Stark technology exhibition? Like, that would be so cool. It would be pretty cool. But isn't he gone right now? No. Oh, he made it. He quote-unquote made it. Okay. <laughs> he made the cut. According to the trailer we just saw, he's adrift in space. Oh, right, right. That's right. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah, he, he lived through the snap. But we all know he's going to be fine. Hearing, it's all fine. If you're hearing this, Mr. Obama... It's been an honor. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Garrett, what else? Anything like movie, TV show wise that you'd want Disney to create for you? Any content? Uh, I I want them to buy all companies in the world. And it's all just Disney. (laughs) Everything's Disney. I don't think that's the best idea. They have to have competition. They have to have somebody pushing them all the time. Yeah. Because then mm-hmm. they could charge whatever we they yeah, want, and exactly. there'd be no competition. The government is Disney. Oh, Mortimer no. Mouse. That's even worse. Mortimer yeah. Mouse rolls over <laughs> everyone. No, no, that's not. This a is a terrible idea. wish, Garrett. Mictator. Nope. Yeah, that's my wish. The, okay. The Earth is turned into a Mickey head. Oh my goodness, terrible wish. It is. That's that's not even good. It's hard to think of what I wish for. I mean, I kind of. More than anything, next year, I hope, I guess, it it wouldn't necessarily be a wish, but I hope that time flies a little bit, but yet, I don't want to rush life, of course, but I'm ready for you guys, you know, to already be in Florida with me, and I wish that next year, whenever you guys get there, that we get to experience all that stuff together and have a lot of fun. So. Well, that's so that is so cheesy. I know, that I'm, is so sappy. What's wrong with you? I'm the sappy one on this podcast. I, I think I'm. It's starting to sink in that I'm leaving, and I haven't <laughs> had it sink in yet. I may start crying in a second. Oh no! <laughs> I just I'm gonna miss you guys. So emotional episode. 
yeah, it's just starting to sink in. So we're gonna miss you too, but it's gonna it's gonna time is gonna go so fast, and we'll be there before you know it. We'll yeah. be Disney time. Yeah, in the snap of Thanos's fingers, we'll be down there. I was gonna make a perfectly balanced joke. I was gonna say Disney needs to have half the companies, and then Nintendo has the other half, and it's perfectly balanced as all things should be. <laughs> You're ridiculous. Well, now I feel like everything that I say isn't going to be as as good as that wish. I was going to wish that, you know... Thanos was real. No, I don't wish for that. But, like, he's nice. Like, he is Santa. <laughs> Garrett! <laughs> you're I'm ridiculous. best ideas right now. No, you're about to be cut off from ideas. <laughs> I wish the Disney streaming service would, instead of the way Netflix kind of rotates through content... I wish that they would post basically their entire archive. This will never happen. But it would be amazing if they had their entire archive of, of like Disney animation. Not just the movies, but old cartoons, even the Disney shorts, the Mickey shorts we're getting now, all that stuff. And, and the stuff they own, you know, all the Star Wars content. Like everything was just out there all, at all the time. But I know they're going to rotate through stuff the way the same way all the other services do. They don't necessarily have to, though, because like Hulu and Netflix, they don't own all the stuff that they put on their service. So they, they rotate through stuff because of the contracts. But Disney wouldn't have to do that. Yeah. They could just have the stuff out there all the time. And that would be awesome. Yeah, it would be cool. Real business world doesn't make any sense because they want people buying DVDs and Blu-rays and whatever the next... Yeah, they make more money that way. ...iteration is. So, so they can put stuff out for a while and then you're like, yeah, but... You know, we'll take it away. You can go buy that Blu-ray if you want to watch it all the time. So that's going to happen. But uh, as part of that, I really hope that they bring back a good version of The Muppet Show. Yes. On the streaming service. That's what I want. And and bring me the old stuff. I want to see the old stuff. And I hope that they continue on with the, the series like um, Jessica Jones and Daredevil and... Those are so good. They're really good, and we all we all we know now. Netflix is saying, okay, well, there's not going to be any new you know seasons of those shows on Netflix, of course, because they're getting their contract is expiring. But I hope Disney picks it up and yeah. keeps it going. Yeah. So I hope so. Yeah, so, they're very good. That was all streaming service related wishes. Yeah, and I wish they would hashtag save the Muppets. Hashtag save the Muppets. Yeah, I want um, all plush in Disney to re- to be replaced by Muppets. Only Muppets? M- mostly Kermit. Okay. Wouldn't that be boring? Garrett's cut Not off for wishes. <laughs> you can only me. have so many Kermit plushes. Mm-mm. You want all the other plushes? All of my house is covered in Kermit. <laughs> Garrett, come up with a real wish. Um, what about a ride? What kind of like think about what kind of ride would you love to have or even a show in the Disney parks? I like a like... nighttime spectacular for for Frozen. Or Moana? No. Or a, a Moana ride would be really cool. Moana ride? That would be cool. Like, a, I'm, I'm big on boat rides. Mm-hmm. You'd like, like, you could be on, yeah, in a boat, and you could go, there's like an inside section with the crab. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be cool. Where you sing Shiny? Mm-hmm. This is a wish that I genuinely am wishing for. Um, I'm wishing <laughs> for the one I love. <laughs> um, no, so in Epcot, I wish they bring in more Middle Eastern countries okay. because I love, 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 love Middle Eastern food. Mm-hmm. I think it would really help for 
Americans. Education. Yeah, to see maybe a little different perspective. You know that I'm like big on the Middle East for some reason. I I always try to follow what's going on there and read stuff. And maybe if they see also that people are understanding their culture, they would open up a little bit more as well. I think it could do a lot. Disney has actual global impacts, mm-hmm. you know? So why not? Yeah. I wish they would. I really do. And plus, Afghan food is delicious. So they could make like a... It wouldn't have to be a specific country. They could do like a, uh, a taste of the Middle East or something like yeah. that. Even, yeah. You know, have like a combination of several Mid- Middle Eastern countries because... I think people would think it was controversial. If you picked like a specific one, someone's going to complain about it. Well, I you think. know what? I'm just saying they could ease people into it by making it like almost like a, a tapestry of the Middle East. You know what I'm saying? See, and that's part of the problem and why they should do it. Because we feel even we understand that it would be controversial to bring something like that in. They do have to figure out how to integrate that in because Epcot is like a festival of the world, mm-hmm. but they're missing a big part of it. Yeah. So that's just my, you know, even maybe Turkey, you know, that's not yeah. so controversial. I just think you could, if you made it more like um, a Middle Eastern melting pot, if you will, um, if you did something like that, you could actually have exhibits from kind of each one of the countries as part of it. And you could do a lot more education probably. And then even have samplings, like if there's different versions of different foods. And Oh, like, I fully. You could make a market. But then sections of the market are based on the countries. Sell some of those spices yeah. that I could take it home because they're delicious. Yeah, that'd be pretty neat. So that's just some. That was just off the, the side here. I just thought of it. And they could build an, an Aladdin attraction in there. Ooh, that'd be cool. A uh, cat cafe. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, staying with Epcot, my wish would be that they fix Journey into Imagination and Figment takes his rightful place. As the head mascot of Epcot. Yeah. And he gets more front and center. Yeah, I know you want that. That's what I want. Figment looks like Spyro. Like a lot like Spyro. Figment was before Spyro. I know. Spyro probably took inspiration. Yeah. Maybe Same so. colors. It's like the, the same dragon. But Figment's way cooler. He wears a t-shirt. I don't know about that. Spyro's voiced by SpongeBob now. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but Figment wears a t-shirt that says figment on it and that's That's cool cool. (laughs) wearing a shirt of yourself (laughs) winning um and the dream finder is cool too and the old school dream finder with the big curly red beard and all that we need we need more of that bring that back and make epcot infotainment the way that it should be Mm -hmm. because i know it's not sexy but that's what epcot is supposed to be and people can still enjoy it there's a reason that it was still the number two attended park in the country until last year, or in the world, until last year when Animal Kingdom passed it because of Pandora. But I think it'll balance back out, and Epcot's going to be back up there again. Yeah, I agree. It's not like people aren't going. Yeah. They just got to give Future World the, the TLC it deserves. Give Figment the, the throne. <laughs> Bring in more alcohol and education. They've got plenty of alcohol in Epcot. <laughs> that is not a problem. But the education's going away. They're bringing in guardians. Maybe the guardians are going to teach us something. I don't know what. Yeah. Don't uh, trust. How to survive in space. <laughs> don't trust the Star-Lord. The st- Why would we not trust Star-Lord? I'm just kidding. I don't know. I was just thinking of something. Yeah, he's Chris Pratt. I mean, I know. Everyone wants to trust Chris Pratt. All right. Anything else? Like real wishes, not random things like Cat Cafe, Garrett? 
Do they have like a huge Christmas tree somewhere? Oh yeah, there's a lot of them. Mm. They've got a giant one on Main Street. They've got, I mean, the, the resorts typically in the lobby have a giant tree in each one of the resorts. Happy. 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 What? That makes me happy. Oh, okay, good. You don't sound happy. <laughs> happy. <laughs> joy, joy. Opryland uh, Disney. <laughs> And they should really consider, I wish they would consider doing a culinary adventure with cooking classes. But they do. Disneyland, Tennessee. As part of some of the events that go on in Epcot, you can do cooking classes. Okay. All right. So I'll be watching for those. Yeah. You have to sign up for them. With they, if they opened a Disneyland, Morimoto? Tennessee, would we stay? No. Mm. With Chef Morimoto. Yeah. Anything else for what you? if they opened nope. a Morimoto land? <laughs> they wouldn't, but that'd be cool. So... You're you're all out of wishes for 2019. I mean, we could probably wishes. babble on forever. But here's no. a wish: bring back wishes. No, I, I like happily ever after. I do like wishes though. I almost wish they could. I wish they <laughs> they could rotate through the nighttime Magic Kingdom shows and every now and then do like sorcery in the sky and all that stuff. Change it up. Change it up. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure that economically that makes no sense because... Yeah, they, they probably buy things in bulk yeah. and it's just like standard, here's what we have for the year, well, not a whole year, but you know. It would, it would just be cool. Maybe even seasonally or like maybe once, uh, once, a, once a season, they bring back something like from the past. And Oh, here's something. And maybe this is unpopular, but I would like there to be a nighttime parade back in the Magic Kingdom. That's cool. Because right now it doesn't have one. Yeah. Where'd it go? They just took it out. Hmm. All right. Well, if you have Disney wishes for 2019, we would love to hear from you. You can interact with us on our Twitter, at Morning Monorail. You can also follow us on Instagram, Monday Morning Monorail, one word. You can email us at mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can like our Facebook page. We have several new likes out there, so I appreciate that. I have a Disney wish for 2019. Tell your friends about us. Recruit more listeners. We've got plenty of room here on the Monday Morning Monorail for more people to join us, and we would love to continue to grow this audience. And give us a rating. Give us a rating on iTunes. Five stars. Only five stars. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) You can be honest, but five stars is nice. (laughs) No, it has to be five stars. Or else. We steal your cookies. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Santa. Yeah. But yeah, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for interacting with us, for those of you of you who already do. And we just, uh, well, we appreciate all the support and love that we get. It always blows my mind because it reminds me usually on Follow Fridays, we get included in so many Follow Friday it's threads. Awesome. And I'm just like, I'm so grateful that all of you keep spreading the word yes. and trying to get us more followers. We're, we're close to 1,100 now on Twitter. Ooh. Oh, I do want to say one thing. I have to write one wrong. Okay. So I like this. When the Mickey's 90th True Original Exhibition started in New York City, our good friend Nick, TTA Traveler, not Nick Salcedo, mm-hmm. but the other Nick. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to call you the other Nick. That sounds wrong. But the other Nick. Um, <laughs> he went and sent us pictures and told us about it, and I forgot to thank him and mention it on the podcast and it's been weeks now i keep forgetting shame on me but i'm doing it now so nick thanks so much for helping us experience that exhibition since we didn't get to go ourselves yeah and um that was very kind of you and appreciate that we'll have to get him on our podcast as a guest sometime to yeah, talk about it we'll do it you know he he used to do a podcast and oh, okay yeah, the, the tta travelers podcast 
And I think he stopped around the time we started. Okay. So, um, yeah, he's got experience. Yeah. He, he, he knows his way around a podcast. He could help us out. Yeah. That would be cool. But anyway, there you go, Nick. Shout out. You got it. <laughs> and shout you. out to the rest of you. Thanks so much for listening. Join us again next week. It's going to be a little bit different. We're doing a little New Year's episode, but we'll be back with our regularly scheduled programming in January. And I'll be live from Florida. We, we got it. We got it. Hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. I don't know what we're saying. It Polar Express. Okay. Merry Christmas. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. We hope you enjoyed the journey and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, we want to hear from you. Send us questions, comments, and suggestions on Twitter at Morning Monorail. Our email address is mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can also call our voicemail at 407-917-2144. As we approach the station, gather your belongings and please watch your step as you exit. <laughs> See y'all.